I'm Annika Hateja, and this is SEO in 2023 Additional Insights. Annika, what's your additional insight for SEO in 2023? It's to unite your SEO and wider brand strategy for better user engagement um, from your target audience. Just talking about why it's important and I guess how to get going with it. Okay, so what does uniting SEO and wider brand strategy actually mean? So it's to utilize information uh, that you gain uh, when you're doing SEO, when you're sort of potentially building some brand campaigns and also vice versa. So there can be lots of benefits in, in terms of considering your brand as a whole when you're building your SEO strategy mainly talking about obviously content strategy and other areas where content will be probably quite primary when you're building uh, any sort of campaigns, for example. So now, you know, this day and age, obviously SEO is just getting really hard. Everybody probably agrees. It can be more difficult to kind of stand out um, by just doing sort of more traditional optimization that probably doesn't really work anymore. Also, user behavior has started to change quite quite a lot, especially in the recent years when we're looking at, you know, COVID, cost of living crisis, you know, user buying behavior has changed massively and those traditional methods don't necessarily work anymore, especially if we're talking about industries like e-commerce and tech and, you know, when looking at even AI, there's a lot of uh, potential spam that users might be seeing now more, you know, auto-generated content, fake reviews, maybe even fake persona. So I think users generally have a bit of like a trust issue towards websites now. So they're not necessarily just any anymore buying from just any website. They they want to buy from brands that they know or they trust. And yeah, I guess when, when we're looking at brands, if you really nail your branding, you don't necessarily need to have, you know, the highest DR or the best core vitals anymore. You can really start growing. Uh, just through brand optimization and you know they as like I said they really assist each other so when you're growing your brand your SEO can improve and when you're good at SEO your you know brand awareness can increase as well so it's a bit of a win-win situation for sure. So at the beginning there you mentioned that SEO can learn from initial brand campaigns so what are the specifics behind the type of brand campaign that you're referring to and what are the kind of little wins that the SEO can gain from that? Yeah so when we're looking at I guess different brand messaging for example you might have teams that utilize that brand messaging you might have a comms team that works mainly in PR for example uh, you have maybe product team that focuses on, you know, improving the product, um, understanding the customer pain points. And all these different teams have very specific data that they utilize. And that could be like a massive gold mine for an SEO as well. So obviously, when we're talking about integrated strategy, we want to make sure that, you know, the brand messaging and tone of voice is consistent across the board. So whether we're just talking about optimizing content on your site versus digital PR versus PPC, social media, we don't want there to be any sort of distinction or any differentiation between what we're trying to say, who are we speaking to, uh, etc. So there's there's a lot of things that we can learn from other teams, uh, different campaigns that have been built. For example, if we're looking at PPC and the kind of messaging that they utilize uh, for your brand in the headlines, for example, they can do a lot of 
quick A-B testing, which is not necessarily possible with SEO. Sometimes these take, things take time, it takes uh, quite a long time to gather that data. But if we're talking to these teams and understand what works for them, we can potentially utilize that information in, in our work as well. It used to be in the past that brand teams came up with strap lines that weren't necessarily SEO friendly, um, that, that were perhaps engaging or appealing to the target audience, but not something that was likely to be searchable. Is that still an issue nowadays? I mean, is it still ideal to come up with highly searched terms and incorporate that within brand strap lines? Or can you actually build a brand and build a strap line and then actually build your traffic based upon that so you don't need the keyword volume to begin with? Potentially, yeah. I guess it all comes down to your general authority in the industry. So obviously, if you want to build topical authority within an existing topic, then it's best to have, you know, an SEO or a content marketer in the team to assist with the brand message building. However, if if you're in obviously a new potentially a bit more niche industry where that search, you know, search data doesn't necessarily even exist yet, then the main important thing is really looking ahead when you're building your strategy. What are the KPIs that you're trying to achieve when, you know, you're trying to build not only an SEO content strategy, but also a brand strategy. So one very sort of interesting metric that I know some other companies especially use is what we call share of search. So going around sort of the sort of market search and information that you have about competitors, you can actually justify potentially a bit more spend when it comes to, you know, SEO and brand when you bring these sort of metrics to your stakeholders. So with share of search, we can actually compare our brand search volume to our competitors' brand search volume in our specific niche. I know some people say just comparing your, you know, brand compared to your uh, competitors. But if you do have some, you know, data, whether it's on Google Trends or other potential tools around uh, your brand and then the keyword itself, whether it's, you know, your solution, your, you know, product, your service, uh, that can bring really, really interesting insights into how far are you already with your brand? Do consumers know you? Do they understand what you do? And then that that metric can be really interesting to put in your actual SEO reports as well, because it's something that you can measure month on month. You can even create pie charts. And that's the kind of, those are the kind of metrics that often stakeholders are very interested to know because they want to know how big is the market? How, what is our size of the pie? And when you can justify that and when you can justify, well, we want to increase because our main competitor is, let's say, 20%, but we're only 17%. Uh, we want to get there by investing more in SEO and uh, brand building as well. Share of search is certainly an interesting metric because it's not necessarily a metric that um, an SEO not thinking about brand would immediately come to because uh, I I guess the trend nowadays is to look at ROI and um, uh, look at um, where you're gathering traffic from and then to drive that into hopefully some kind of purchase. Uh, But if share of search actually means something to a brand team, then a better question, I guess, would be to the brand team, what metrics are important to you and how can I help you work towards achieving those metrics? So those are the kind of conversations that SEOs and brand teams should be having together. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously when we're talking about integrating strategies, it's important we know what we're trying to achieve as a collaborative approach. 
So if, you know, often these teams, they can, you know, push each other a bit more forward. When we're assisting the brand team with their KPIs, they can assist us with our KPIs. And obviously there might be some, you know, shared KPIs that can be very relevant, for example, branded versus unbranded uh, searches. So when we're talking about, you know, the distinction between unbranded and branded, often SEOs, we like to focus on unbranded because it we feel like that's where the money is, that shows our value, that really shows how good we are at SEO because we're, you know, achieving top three positions for a specific, you know, solution or product keyword, for example. But actually when we're talking about branded searches, we all know that they convert like twice as better compared to the minimal search volume that there is. So it does make sense to understand, firstly, what are the branded searches sort of circling around, especially navigational searches. It's really interesting when you act as a user and you do a search on your brand yourself in different areas, whether it's, you know, the traditional organic, maybe news, uh, Google images, AI searches, and understand what that kind of SERP area looks like. Are you currently owning it or is somebody else owning your brand? Which often happens, obviously, when we do potentially some, you know, offsite SEO, we get really good links from potentially listicle articles. However, if we're talking about sort of direct brand searches, when you compare what your SERP at the moment looks like compared to what your competitor's SERP looks like, that can be really interesting information to utilize when you're starting to build your strategy and understand where the focus is currently in your industry as well. So what does this mean in terms of how SEO teams and brand teams should work more effectively together? I mean, should, should they actually be working as part of the same team? Should they be meeting up once a week? Should they just have a you know quarterly catch up and be involved in strategy meetings? What does that look like? I guess it looks different in different companies. And also, it really depends on how far you are with your brand building and SEO as well. So one thing that I think all teams should do is ensure that you have um, sort of specific brand guidelines available. So quite often we see, well, surprisingly often we see that these documents don't necessarily even exist, which is not, you know, the worst thing in the world. It's just very important that these teams come together with whether it's content team, comms team, brand team, and start putting together these documents and make sure that these are always utilized when we write any kind of content, whether it's on site or for any link building campaigns, for example, because that very, very much explains what are the brand's core values, what is the target audience, what are the different user profiles. It's really important to understand them to be able to speak to the user um, as you would as a brand. And obviously things like a ton of voice documentation that can be very beneficial for your content writers to really put themselves, put the hat on of the brand and start writing as the brand rather than themselves. Because sometimes it's difficult to make that distinction when you do produce content. So so yeah, essentially make sure that you've got all the sort of brand guidelines available. You've set relevant KPIs uh, for the SEO team, but also the brand team and make sure that you also monitor those KPIs. You, you sort of stick to them. And when you start doing, you know, research for your content strategy, that's when potentially in this sort of strategy phase, it's more important to have that collaboration with the different teams. If it's not possible to do, you know, in a frequent basis, then at least when we're building and reviewing our strategy. So 
as I said, utilizing the data from other teams can be very beneficial. So that's when you want to really bring them in when you're building your strategy. And you talk about how brand teams and SEO teams working more closely together can result in better um, engagement and more enhanced engagement. What is enhanced engagement? I mean, are you just talking about higher click-through rates from the SERP or are there other metrics that you can pin that on? Yeah, it could be definitely higher click-through rates, but also conversions in general. So when we're gathering this data from like different teams, you can, for example, look at, you know, your customer reviews or your customer inquiries. What are the actual pain points that your users are experiencing which you don't necessarily see through your own data. So if you go to the, for example, customer service data, you might you might learn more about what are the general email inquiries that your company is getting. And therefore, you can draw some conclusions on when, even in the search phase, what are the sort of main pain points the users might be experiencing. And when when you actually meet those pain points and you produce you know, a solution for them, uh, they're more likely to convert as well. And yeah, I guess very important when we're talking about, you know, making sure that the brand is in the center of everything. Obviously, once we're ready to start building the brand, we've got different teams working on it, whether it's digital PR, for example. It can be a great way to sort of take control of the brand message because, you know, potentially if you're in a slightly bigger market, there might be um, other you know, a lot of talk about your brand already. If you're a bit more mature business, then you need to be sure that you're in control of this messaging because, you know, digital PR can be great for, you know, reputation management as well. We want to know what is said about our brand and then we can also, you know, produce some content that potentially makes our brand seem more positive in, in the eyes of the user as well. Okay, so you you mentioned things like reputation management as well. Should, should these elements be part of an SEO strategy? Uh, because I, I would imagine that most SEO strategies nowadays probably just still just look at long tail keyword phrases and organic traffic, new traffic that can come in. But are you talking about incorporating elements like engagement and conversion rates and reputation management within an SEO strategy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's budget, then yeah, it's it can be really important because when we're looking at branded searches, there there might be a lot that we're missing out uh, if we're just focusing on sort of long tail keywords, potentially bottom of the funnel, top of the funnel, because that's sort of the more traditional, almost easy SEO that we can do. But when we're looking at navigational searches, that can give us much more information around what is the sort of wider focus for the user. Uh, when they are looking, you know, looking for our services or products. And when we do get that kind of coverage, whether it's, you know, negative or positive, that might change the searches as well. So it it can be really interesting because especially when we're trying to maybe justify spend on digital PR, it can be very difficult because, you know, a lot of these metrics are quite what we call vanity metrics like DR and coverage and et cetera, et cetera. Because often, you know, your stakeholders can come to you and say, well, great, we got a link from a tabloid, but what's the referral traffic? How much money did we make with that link? And that can be very <laughs> difficult to justify or attribute uh, to to the work. So yeah, it can be a very good way of showcasing the value of digital PR as well, um, making sure that our reputation and our brand image stays positive uh, in the SERPs. You shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? I think 
a key thing, especially when we're talking about brand, is not to fall into the trap of oversaturating the market with your brand. It can be in the form of, you know, let's post the blog post every single week or multiple times a week, or let's post on social every day. Uh, let's do a lot of ads on social or digital PR campaigns multiple times a month. If you're kind of churning out this type of content around your brand as quickly as possible to different channels, maybe just to even test if it sticks, it can actually be detrimental for your actions. So for example, with digital PR, we often see that um, you can even tarnish some, you know, existing relationship with journalists if you're constantly churning out content and there's likely not to be a massive uplift, especially if the campaign is not super relevant or connected to your brand. So being smart with your approach, uh, with your brand, focusing on quality versus quantity and really taking your time, speaking to the different teams and combining data from different channels as well uh, to make sure that the brand is really center of your activity and yeah, take time to build these campaigns and make sure they are effective. Annika Hataya is head of SEO at Seeker Digital and you can find her over at seeker.digital. Annika, thanks so much for adding your additional insight to SEO in 2023. I've been your host, David Bain, and you've been listening to SEO in 2023 Additional Insights, a majestic series that complements the original SEO in 2023 podcast, video series and book. Find out more over at seoin2023.com.